0: Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a Sicha from L'Kotosiches, Ch'elik Yud, Parsha Svayigash, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the Sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learn how Yisif and Binyamin cried on each other's necks, and Chazal tell us that they were crying over the destruction of the mikdashis in each of their portions in the land of Eretz Yisrael. And there are four parts in the Sicha the rebel number one explain why the mikdashas are alluded to in the neck and not the head number two explain why they didn't cry on their own mikdashas why did they cry in each others and not their own and also why yakov didn't cry in the mikdashas at all number three explain how Aveda can help even after the decree that the mikdashas would be destroyed Aveda could help to remove that decree and number four present the hera in Avedas Hashem. On the pasuk Vayipayl al Tzavarei Benyamin Ochivayifk, and he Yosef fell on the neck of Benyamin, his brother, and cried. U Benyamin bocha al Tzavarev, and Benyamin cried on his neck. So it says in Gemara, Bocha Yosef al Shnei Mikdashin shahasidin liyeis b'chelkei shal benyamin v'asidin lecharev, that Yisuf cried on the two Mikdashis that were destined to be in the portion of land in Eretz Yisrael that would be given to Binyamin and that would later in the future be destroyed. U bacha al Shilay And Binyamin cried for Mishkan Shilay that was destined to be in the portion of land of Eretz Yisrael that would be given to Yosef and that would later in the future be destroyed. Now it's explained in the Medrash on the Pasuk of Kimigdal David It's explained over there the reason Savori alludes to the Beis Miktash. And the Medrash says, al Adam. Just like this neck is placed in the height of a person. So So to too the Beis is placed in the height of the world. However, when it says begove, it doesn't mean that it's higher than the whole world. But rather, like it's explained in the Gemara, on the pasuk of Ubein Kseif of Shachin, that he rests between its shoulders, which is where the neck is, that the of Mikdash was actually 23 amos lower than Ein Atum. So it wasn't the highest place, it was 23 amos lower than the highest place. And this is like the neck of a person, which is in the height of the body, but is lower than the head. And Adaraba, to the contrary, there's an advantage to this, like it says over there in the Gemara, Amri, they said Nachsi bei let us lower it a little bit from the highest point. Because it's written Ubein shachin, it rests between the shoulders. Ein bashar There's nothing better in the axe than between its shoulders. And so when it says shal it doesn't mean that it's in the actual highest place, but it means like within the the highest place in the world it's within it but not actually the highest place itself and so that's the reason why the neck alludes to to the Beis HaMikdash because both of them are they're closest to the highest place, one in the person the neck and the Beis HaMikdash close to the highest place in the world and there's a difficulty over here and that is what is the greatness and beauty of not being at the very highest point we said it's not the highest point it's It's within the highest point but not actually the highest point itself no matter how we look at it there's a difficulty here if there isn't a greatness in being high so then what what is the medrash teaching us with this that the nasan mikdash was it's within the height of the world if being high is not a greatness and there's nothing special in it then why does the medrash tell it to us and if on the other hand there is a greatness in being high as it seems from what it says in the medrash that the base of miktush is nothing begavish so then the higher the better so why was the basement 23 amas lower than ein item why wasn't it at the very highest point in order to answer this question we need to first explain what is the union what is the idea of the neck and based on that understanding we'll be able to answer our question so this is now a lead up to the answer. So this will be understood by first explaining the inion of the neck, the idea of the neck, which the neck is an intermediate between the head and the body. And it's an intermediate for two things. Number one, the general highest, the general life force is found in the brain in the head. And it's drawn down to the body through the trachea, esophagus and arteries that are in the neck. And number two, the same is true regarding drawing down the intellect from the brain in the head that the way the intellect goes to the heart is through the Mate sheba the constriction in the throat, which is in the neck. So we see that the neck is an intermediate between the head and the body for two things. And it seems like these two things, one of them is more physical and one of them is more spiritual. The more physical one is the general chayas, the general life force. And the more spiritual one is the intellect, the mind controlling the rest of the body. So it comes out that there's an advantage in the neck even over the head because it's specifically the neck that actualizes the purpose of the head which is that all the limbs should get their highest, they should get their life force from the head and that all the limbs should all conduct themselves according to the intellect. Now even though the greatness of the head on its own is greater than the greatness of the neck on its own and that's the very reason why the head is physically higher than the neck but nevertheless this greatness of the head over the neck is only in the hierarchy of the levels when you look at the hierarchy of the levels the head is greater than the neck however regarding the purpose and mission of the head so then there's a greatness to the neck and that greatness is actually specifically because it's on a lower level that's why it's able to serve as an intermediate because it's lower so because it's lower in the hierarchy of the levels therefore there's a greatness to the neck over the head that the neck is the intermediate and it has the ability to bring the highest and intellect from the head to the body according to this explanation about the neck we could now answer a question about why the Besa amikdash was not at the very highest point of the world but it was close to the highest point of the world So similarly, it will be understood regarding the Beis Mikdash, which is compared to the neck, that its main greatness is Nachsi Be'i Pursa, from the highest point, that it was a little lower than the highest point, just like the neck is lower than the head. The union of the Beis Mikdash is that through it, through the Beis Mikdash, the early key is drawn down and shines to the whole world, even the lowest of places in the world. And therefore, the Beis HaMikdash wasn't completely higher and elevated from the world. It wasn't removed from the world. Because then, if it would be higher and elevated from the world, completely higher and elevated from the world, then it would be too high to bring down and shine from it, the Eir key into the world. But rather, Nachas Pursa, it was lowered a little bit, meaning that it's connected and close to the world, so that it's able to shine into the world. So that's why the Besamikdash was within the height of the world, but not at the very highest point. Because the role of the Besamikdash is to bring down the early key into the world. And in order to accomplish that, it has to have some closeness to the world. It can be entirely removed from the world. And so that's why it's similar to the neck and not the head, because the head is completely removed from the person. And the neck is what brings down. The the general life force, the, the general chayas, as well as the seichel the intellect into the body, and that's also the role of the Beis HaMikdash, to bring down the Ereliki into the world, and so it has to be close to the world and the same is true by the individual Beis HaMikdush in each and every Yid, when the Nefesh in a person isn't in a state of being elevated from one's own Aylum Katam because each person is considered an Olam Katam a small world so when the nefesh l'kiss a, a person isn't in a state of being removed and elevated from one's ilum katam, like the head is, but rather it deals with it in order to be mevairah or mezakech, to refine and uplift the nefesh Bahamas which is in the person and the body and one's part in the world, because every person has a chilek in the world, a portion of the world that they have to work with. So when the nefesh isn't removed from all of this, but is rather engaged in dealing with it, so then the whole person becomes a mishkan and mikdash for Hashem's light. And so that's the state and level and the place of the nefesh where it has to be that it doesn't just stay for itself and it's removed from the world, but rather it has to engage with each person within themselves in their oilm katan so that it could turn the whole person into a Mishkan and Mikdash for Hashem's light. Again, similar to the idea of the neck, that it has to be close to the body in order to affect and impact and bring down whatever the head has for the body. Now we're going to move on and explain another point regarding this story of Yasef crying on the neck of Binyamin and Binyamin crying on the neck of Yasef, and it's directly related to what we just learned. So according to this, we could understand why Yasef cried on the neck of Binyamin and Binyamin cried on the neck of Yasef. Because there is a difficulty over here, which is why did each of them cry on the neck of his brother and not on the head of his brother? Since the, the head is the head, as in the most important and greatest part of a person. And the reason is because the purpose of yidin is like the maimer chazal of ani ella A yid, a person is created for the only the only reason the person is created is to serve their creator, which means to complete the purpose of the creator in creating the person and all the worlds, all the elements, which the purpose is, liyeis lay dira betachateinim. Hashem wants a dwelling place down here. And the making of this dira depends on the avayda of Yidin. It's up to Yidin. Because it's made through avayda Hashem, and Avodah is something which is up to a Yid, because everything in the ha- is in the hands of heaven, except for Yerushamayim, which Yerushamayim is Reishas Avodah, the sharsha. it's the beginning of the Avodah, it's the main thing of Aveda and it's the source of the Avodah. So that's up to a Yid doing the Avodah, because a Yid has free choice it's in the hands of the Yid, that we should make the Dirb B'tachtainim. And this is done through each and every one being mezakech, refining and uplifting their body, their Nefesh Bahamas, and their Chelek Ba'ilam, their part in the world. And therefore the main thing in this regard is the Neck. That in it and through it, this Havayit is accomplished. It's through the Neck, when the Nefesh kiss is engaged and working with the world, that we accomplish the making of the Deir B'tachtainim. And now we can understand why Yosef and Binyamin cried on each other's necks and not on each other's heads. And it's for two reasons. Number one, there's no reason to cry on the head, the neshama of a yid. When we're talking about the neshama of of a yid, the way it is completely elevated and removed from the body, there's no reason to cry for it. Because the neshama of a yid, the neshama of a yid, that's above the body, the neshama when it's in the state of a head. So that part of the neshama, there's nothing to cry about. Because it's always connected to Hashem, even when a yid is doing an avera, that part of the neshama is completely one with Hashem. And number two, the purpose of a yid isn't in the head, which means the avera of the neshama for itself, the way it's on its own, removed and elevated from the body, but rather the neck, which that's the part of the neshama which is that affects one's body, one's nefesh abhamis, and one's part in the world. And that's why they cried on each other's necks. Number one, because there's no point in crying on the head. The head doesn't need it. And number two, that's the main purpose of a yid, is the neck where they work with the world and within the world to elevate the world and to change the world and to make it diri Now we're going to move on and ask two questions on this. The first question is, why did Yosef cry on the mikdash that would be in the land of Benyamin? And Benyamin cried on the Mishkin that would be in the land of Yosef? To the contrary, ad each one should have cried on their own Chorban, on their own destruction. Since Adam Kariv Eitzel Atzmai, a person is closer to themselves, so the person comes first. And this idea that a person is clo- to, closer to themselves is true to the extent that even by the mitzvah of Avas it's only Vahafta to Lirecha and that Kof of Meicha is a Kaf it's like yourself, but it's not the very same it doesn't reach the extent and the depth and the amount of love that a person actually loves themselves. And like it's brought down in Egeres HaKadosh that if there's two, if there are two people and there's only enough water for one of them, so Chayecha Kaidman, the person who has the water, keeps it for themselves because their life comes first. And the Rebbe says this in the Egeres HaKadosh where he writes at great length how much a person has to give tstaka and how important it is. In that very Garis, he teaches that still that a person's life comes first so we see a person is closer to themselves so each of them should have cried for their own miktash. and the second question is and it's related to the first question but it's on a different pasuk on a different discussion where it speaks about when Yaakov met Yosef so the second question is it says in the Zayr on the pasuk of Vayipal al-Tzavarav al-Tzavarav Eid that Yosef fell on the neck of Yaakov, and he cried on his neck more. So it says in the Zayin that Yosef cried for the Beis Hamikdash that would be destroyed, and based on this, the Zayin answers a question, another question on this pasuk of why it says Eid, and explains that it refers to the last gullus. And the question over here is why did Yosef cry on the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash and not Yaakov? Why didn't Yaakov also cry? And the answer of Rashi in the name of Rabbi Senu that that Yaakov was reading Shma and that's why he doesn't didn't cry it doesn't fit in desire in Pshutisham Mikra it fits because in Pshutisha Mikra Yosef cried because of his strong emotions for he cried because he finally met his father after being separated for twenty two years and so saying that Yaakov didn't cry because he was saying Krishma brings out and emphasizes the greatness of Yaakov that even after finally meeting his son, after being separated for so many years, and when thinking that he wasn't even alive, nevertheless, he didn't stop reading Shema. And not only didn't he stop reading Shema, this great joy that he had didn't stop him from being able to say Shema with Kavanah. So that answers the question of Pshut HaShemikra, why didn't Yaakov cry? However, according to the explanation of the Zayar, that Yasef cried for the Beis HaMikdash, That would be destroyed how is it possible that Avinu didn't get emotional and he wasn't disturbed and bothered through thinking and knowing about the destruction of the base mikdash and nevertheless despite this he was able to say krishma with kavana the explanation is to answer these two questions the purpose of crying is to make it easier for the one crying like we see That when a person cries about something that pains and distresses them, it doesn't have the ability to fix the thing that caused the crying, but it does release some of the pain. And like it says in Tehillim, My tears were bred for me. Which means that the tears help the person. They release some of the pain. And so from here it's understood that when a person is able to fix the problem, then to the contrary, they shouldn't calm themselves down with crying and then be less inclined and feel less of an urgency to fix the thing, but rather they must actually be involved in fixing the thing itself. And therefore, when a person sees the Chorben Beis HaMikdash of another Yid, they join in their pain and cry. However, the main fixing and building of the Beis HaMikdash of that other Yid is not up to this person but rather it's up to the other Yid. A person is able and obligated to help another Yid in two ways. Number one, through being mechiach them, directing them, correcting them, rebuking them. And number two, through being mispowled for them. However, the actual removal of the Averis and building of the other person's Baisa is up to the other person who is a Baal And after a person already did everything that they are able to do to help the other Yid, and they see that the other yid's Beis HaMikdash is still destroyed, it will pain them and they will cry. However, when a person sees the Chorban of their own Beis HaMikdash, so then they cannot be content with a sigh and with crying. But rather, a person must fix and rebuild their Beis HaMikdash. And this is unless the crying is with tears of tshuva, which then the tears are part of the tshuva itself. But when there's something that actually has to be fixed, then a person can be content with a sigh and with crying. And sometimes actually the crying weakens a person's Aveda to build their mikdash. So not only can't the person be content with it, but it's even unhelpful because a person tells themselves that they did enough by crying. And according to this, we can answer our questions. Therefore, Yosef and Binyamin each cried for the mikdash of the other and not for their own. Because for one's own mikdash, one shouldn't cry, but rather one should act. And so to Yaakov didn't cry for the Chorben mikdash at all, but rather, because he is the father of all Yidin, and so the Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash are in his portion. He's the father of all Yiddin. and so for him he shouldn't be involved in crying, but rather in acting and doing something. And he was doing something. Therefore, he was occupied with fixing and building the Beis Hamikdash. By Yaakov, not only didn't he cry, but he was actually occupied with fixing and building the Beis Hamikdash. How ha was how was saying Krishma which, what Yaakov, which is what Yaakov was doing. How is that fixing and building the base of Mikdash? The Indian of the base of Mikdash is, like the Rambam sev, says, is to be a bias Mukhan the karbonis, a house that's ready for a karbonis to be brought in it. And Kala krishma, hareza kilu It says whoever reads krishma, it's like they're bringing a carbon. So Yaakov was busy with building the base of Mikdash. And the inner explanation for why. Saying Krishma is like a carbon is because the main Indian of a carbon is Adam Kiyakov Mikem Karban It's Mikem that a person brings themselves close. And that's like Krishma and the Mesir Snefesh, which is in Krishma. That the idea of Krishma and the Mesir Snefesh in Krishma, the whole Nafshacha, Filun is that a person brings themselves close to Hashem. And so Yaakov, not only wasn't he crying, but he was actively building and fixing the Churban beis by saying krishma Now we're going to explain one last point about this story of Yosef and Binyamin crying on one another's mikdashis, and that is that you can't ask that since they saw in Ruach Hakodesh that the Mishkan and Mikdash will be destroyed. So if that's the case, it was already decreed from above, Maila. and so what can they do? It's already it was already decreed. The reason you can't ask this is because Chazal already said Even if a sharp sword is placed on the neck of a person A person should not stop from asking for mercy. And even after a decree is already made it was already decreed it's possible through avaida to tear it up, to tear up the decree. And like we find this is in Gemara brachus there's a whole story over there by Chiskiyo, who was a king, that Yeshayo gave him the nevuah that it was decreed upon him to die. And Chiskiyo told Yeshayo that finish your nevuah and leave. And then Chiskiyo turned to face the wall. And it says that his fila helped Shamaiti's filosho, and he lived 15 more years in this world. So we see that even after there's an actual decree, a person can still change the decree and have it torn up, and so too here. there was a purpose in what they were doing because they were able to have the decree of the khurban torn up and, and, and removed. The hirah the lesson is, Chazal said, "Call der Shene nivna." Beis HaMikdash any generation that the Beis HaMikdash wasn't built during its days, it's considered as if they destroyed it. And similarly, we can say regarding each person. The reason the Beis HaMikdash wasn't built is because one's personal Beis HaMikdash is destroyed. If a person's own personal Aveda, meaning their own Beis HaMikdash, was complete and whole, so then Mashiach would come and build the general Beis HaMikdash. And the intent and purpose of thinking about this isn't to sigh and cry, but rather to act. And the act is to bring about one's personal geula and build the Beis HaMikdash in one's own nefesh. And that will hasten and draw down the geula haKlodas and build the Beis HaMikdash in its place through Mashiach Tzitkenu Bekariv Mamish.